All right. So we are in Genesis 22. Uh, last week we read through verses 1 through 8. We only kind of discuss verses 1 and 2, so we'll, we'll, we'll pick up where we left off. But I, w- I want to read verses 1 through 8 to you again, and then we'll, we'll jump right in. It says, After these things God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkeys, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, uh, Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. So last week we, we looked at this, we, we talked about why God would call Abraham to do this. And we talked about this being a test, right? Um, verse 1 says that God tested Abraham. And we talked about some of the reasons why God tests his people and, and kind of to give an analogy, the analogy I gave last week, like a, a teacher, when a teacher gives a test to his students, that's for the teacher to understand how much the student knows the material, right? But when God gives a test, God already knows how much we know, right? God already knows our heart. And so the test isn't necessarily for God's understanding. The test is for our own understanding. Um, and and that's, that's true today as well. The tests today are not just for teachers, but for students as well. Um, students can understand, well, I only got an 80%. I don't know the material as well as I should. Um, maybe you think 80% is great. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no judgment here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the tests that God takes us through are for our own understanding. And this is what's going on with Abraham. This is a test for him. God is showing to him exactly how much he trusts in his Lord. Um, and then we also talked about whether or not this was right for God to ask Abraham to do this. And, and we talked about how Sometimes we tend to put our own morality, our own sense of morality, on top of God, which is something that we shouldn't do. Um, God is the creator. God establishes what is good and what is evil. 
Uh, and so if God asks us to do something, it, it's not an evil thing to do. Um, and, and it's not that God knew he would stay Abraham's hand that he asked him to do this. It's not that that's the reason why he didn't, why it was okay for God to ask him. Now, the reason it's okay is because, uh, one, man is sinful, right? Um, and so even if God had Abraham go through with the sacrifice, it would have been just because Isaac's sinful, um, and it would have been a just penalty, um, even though we may not view that. Uh, and there are times when God asks us to to kill justly, right? Um, God commanded the Israelites to uh, enact capital punishment at times, um, and that's a just thing to do in certain situations. Um, with that being said, let's let's pick up our story in verse three. Verse 3, it says, So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. What, what I want to point out to you is, well, let me ask you this. What time did Abraham go? Yeah, I mean, this is easily something he could have been dragging his feet on. <laughs> yeah. But he, he does. He, uh, he follows right away. Yeah. Yeah, he left right away. Yeah. He, he didn't stall. <clears throat> who do we know who, who was trying to stall earlier in the book of Genesis? Oh. Lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, so remember in um, Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the angels came to him. They wanted him to leave. And he kept stalling and stalling until they had to drag him out of the city. Right? Um, and so we, we see kind of a distinction here between uh, Lot and Abraham. Uh, Abraham is... I mean, this... This is something he doesn't want to do. I can't imagine he's excited about this. Um, the only excitement may have been in how the Lord was going to resolve. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. in, a, in a sense, he was going to get it over with. And as he said, you know, the lamb will be provided. Yeah, and yeah. So there may have been this anticipation of let's get on with this and see how it's resolved. Yeah, yeah. And so he's he's trusting in God, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to remember the promise that God had given to Abraham that through the offspring of Sarah that the blessing would would come. Um, and so it's the blessing's going to pass through Isaac. He knows this. And yet now he, he is asking Abraham to sacrifice him. Um, what, what's significant about burnt offering? It calls 
It's called a burnt offering here. Mm -hmm. Five different times in eight verses. Yeah. Um, so there's peace offerings and sin offerings and burnt offerings and mm -hmm. fragrant offerings and all that. What, what's significant about the burnt offering? Well, I, I think... You know, the, the burnt offering is just how, how they would go about it. Um, typically, they would take an animal. Um, before they would burn it, they would, they would slit the throat um, so that the animal wouldn't suffer. You know, because you don't want to burn an animal alive. Um, and, and so they would slit the throat. Uh, the blood would rush out. You know, later on when God would establish the tabernacle, they, they would catch the blood. And they would use the blood as kind of a, a sprinkling of cleansing. Um, and, and so there was significance there as well with the blood as well. Uh, but then the, the, the burning um, was, you know, it was a, a destruction of the body, uh, if that makes I, sense. I think in Leviticus, it, the burnt offering was always attached to this pleasing aroma. Yeah, to yeah. The, to the Lord, which is like, I just wondered if you had any insight into it. Well, I, I think it's a pleasing aroma to God because it is a, it's a substitutionary atonement, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is a, a covering over of our sins uh, through the destruction of a different body. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Um, and so this is, this is what's going on here. Abraham understands this. This is, a, in a sense, a substitutionary atonement type of sacrifice. But it isn't a sin offering, is it? Well, I mean, I would say all offerings. I mean, I guess there's offerings of Thanksgiving. Um, but I, I would see a, a burnt offering as more of a covering over of sins, yeah. yeah. Um. It does make me think through Abraham's mindset of just a couple chapters earlier, not trusting God mm -hmm. and saying that, hey, this is my sister. Um, yeah. And, and, but then also in the previous chapter, um, talked about through Isaac, your, your, your nation will be named. So yeah. he's thinking through, um, and then... Hebrews and Romans referenced back to this as well, too, and just kind of talking about how, I guess in Hebrews, the demonstration of faith, um, and, and then in Romans talking about the, the Israel people being selected um, through, through Abraham as well. So, so I guess it's it just this kind of, I guess, which Abraham are we getting here? Um, yeah. This is an obedient one, which is good. Um, yeah. But I guess yeah. it just is kind of, he seems to. He seems to remember God's promises at some points and then forgets it, but then remembers it, but then forgets it and remembers it. So it's yeah. Assistance, but God's yeah, and and we're getting towards the end of Abraham's story as well. And so we need to understand that God has taken Abraham through all these different trials and tribulations, through these different smaller testings at times. And sometimes he, he passed with flying colors. Sometimes he failed miserably. Um, and I think that speaks to even the Christian life, right? right? 
are there not times when we're, we're bold and we're fierce as lions, and then sometimes we're, we're shying away, we're cowardly? Wretched man that I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that I do what I hate and mm-hmm. I don't do what I love. And that kind of yeah. It's a picture of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so this is Abraham. You know, he's, he's struggled through his life to follow God. But then he, there's this moment right here mm-hmm. of ultimate testing. And, you know, it comes down to it. Are, are you going to be obedient to God or not? Mm-hmm. Do you trust God or not? And he's waking up early in the morning. He, he's going to do it. Um, I think it's interesting. Another aspect of you know, this is a test of his, of his faith. And I'm just struck by the fact that, you know, because it revolves around his son. I mean, his son was named, he laughs. Yeah. Which... You know, it was not necessarily out of joy. You know, initially it was because both Abraham and Sarah doubted God's word. You know, uh, they they did have that that uh, crisis of uh, you know faith. So for mm-hmm. for God to use Isaac in that way is uh, very appropriate. It seems you know uh, to to make sure that uh, they truly did test. You know, believe in God's. You know, believe in God as opposed to, uh, you know, and his promise, you know, uh, yeah. as opposed to their own strength. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it also, like Jay mentioned, the New Testament refers back to this as it's almost an example of what we can expect. Like you said, we will be tested, but there are ultimate tests mm-hmm. as to, you know, when the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Who do we trust? Yeah. And, and how deeply does that trust run into us that in spite of the outward appearance, God is at work. Yeah. His glory and our good. Yeah. It's the Romans 8, you know, all things. It's almost like this is a picture of all things working together. It is. If you're it is. It is, and it's a picture of Abraham's sanctification as well. Um, you know, he has gone through all these different tests, and now he is at a point where I'm done yeah. running from God. I'm done doing things my own way. You know, trying to have a son and my own strength. Um, God has given me this son. I've seen it. God has, remember just the chapter before, God has given him now the land through the contract with Abimelech. Um, and so the land promise is there. Now I need to trust God for this son promise. So it's full abandonment. Yeah. It's surrender. It's surrender, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he gets up early. He, he cuts the wood, Right. Um, so he's preparing everything that he needs. Um, and then in verse 4, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. So it's taken him three days to anticipate? Well, they're traveling. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Three days, it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, and again, 
here, here we have the number three, which is significant in Scripture. Um, what, what else happens in three days? The resurrection, right? Um, and so Christ died on the cross, and then on the third day he rose from the dead. Um, and so we, we see similarities there as well in the fact that, that there's three days uh, of travel, three days of Abraham probably mulling in his head, what am I doing? You know, maybe three days of feeling like Isaac's already dead. Or, or three days of contemplating, where can I run? Yeah, three days to of con- avoid this. Yeah, where can I run to avoid this? Yeah. You know, three yeah. days contemplating the alternatives. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I can't imagine being in Abraham's shoes, um, what this must have been like to make this journey each day, each step, getting one step closer to the death of your son. Yeah, it's, was there just silence on the whole journey? Did they talk? I don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. Um, it's, it's, it's bewildering. Um, verse 5, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And so he, they weren't traveling alone. They had some of the servants there with them. Um, but when he sees the mountain where God wants him to go, um, okay, it's just going to be me and the boy now, right? Um, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. What is significant about that? There's some foreshadowing going on, isn't there? Yeah, and just how Isaac carried his wood for his own sacrifice, Jesus carries the wood for his sacrifice. Yeah. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went so they went both of them together. And so what is Abraham carrying with him? Death in a sense. Death, right? Mm-hmm. The the instruments of destruction. Um, and, and so he is the one who in a sense, has to be the one who will slit the throat and light the fire. Um, and so we, we see upon Isaac is the burden that he has to carry. Um, but then in Abraham's hands is the burden that he has to carry. Does that make sense? And it doesn't just say the burnt offering was laid on Isaac. 
It includes his son. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, his son, right? It points to his son. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, and this this is what we talked about too last week, you know, when God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. And again, this is uh, foreshadowing for us of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son. Verse 7, And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? What a great question, right? <laughs> Maybe you should have asked that on day one when they set out. Um, <laughs> See, he may not have realized the depth of it at that point yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's true. He's got to be thinking to himself, okay, we've got everything but the, but the lamb. Okay, you know, maybe he... he I don't know. I don't know what Isaac was thinking, you know. And when he realized, shouldn't we have a lamb? You know, what day was that? Day two? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but, it, but he finally, you know, because it's getting near the end, and he finally says, well, I need to ask my dad about this. I mean, my dad's getting pretty old. Maybe he forgot the lamb. <laughs> Do we need to travel all the way back? <laughs> um, It did. Which is beautiful. Yeah. 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 And let's look at Abraham's answer. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Now, did Abraham lie to his son? No. No. No, he didn't. He's thinking in his head that the lamb that God's providing is Isaac. Um, little did he know how prophetic his words were, though, um, as, as we'll see as we get further into this story. Um, but let's talk about this. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. That's huge. It's I mean, huge, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It bursts wide open with truth. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. It seems that he's prepared for that question, though, by his response in verse 5. Well, he's got to be thinking to himself, somebody's going to ask me eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, just kind of thinking through, it's like, um, stay here for my son and I will go, or at least the boy and I will go and we'll, get, we'll come back. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't say we will come back and said, and come back. Yeah. So my, I guess in my mind, I'm reading that, that we will come back. So there's confidence mm-hmm. that God will provide in some way if he does have to offer his son as a sacrifice. God can miraculously heal him. God can do a variety of other kinds of things. He's, yeah. he's seen God's hand at work in the past. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think there, there's confidence even going into it when he left the other two um, the boys, or the other two young men. Yeah. We'll be yeah. Yeah, and and we if we look in uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter eleven, uh, turn there if you will. But Bobby kind of mentioned this last week. 
So Hebrews chapter 11, um, starting verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was even was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And so, here the author of Hebrews is letting us know that Abraham considered that God could raise him from the dead. That he may have to go through this whole ordeal, slit the throat, burn the body, and then witness a resurrection. Um, that's not exactly what happened, <laughs> and we'll get to that. But, but yeah, there, there, there is some sort of confidence that Abraham has here. Um, and why? Why does he have this confidence? The promise. The promise. And so the promise of God's word is greater than his understanding of the reality of what's about to take place. You know how Hebrews says he received him back from the dead, and mm-hmm. he really did it because Abraham was ready to go through with this mm-hmm. and saw his son as dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. As an end result of what was commanded of him. Yeah. And so, in that respect, he did receive him back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, the, for three days, Isaac was dead to him. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> but that, that brings us back to the saying, you know, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Mm. Prophetic. It's very prophetic, isn't it? Extremely. Um, and this is, this is what we see through Jesus Christ. No longer do we need to provide for ourselves a lamb for a burnt offering. But God has provided for himself a burnt offering through Jesus Christ. Um, this is what you just said is a fulfillment of let he who has eyes to see, see, and mm-hmm. ears to hear, hear. Because by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can see what this symbolizes. Yeah. The foreshadowing of God providing a lamb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a grace. So I guess the question that, that we must ask for ourselves ourselves is, you know, what what are the sacrifices that God is asking us to make as Christians? You know, what what is it in our lives that God wants us to to put to death? And then a further question, 
what promises has God given to us that enable us to make such sacrifices? Because it's not just God asking us to do something for no reason. There's purpose behind it, and there are promises behind it. And and so I guess I'll I'll leave you to ponder those two questions. Um, And we'll finish there today, and then next week we'll see how God does provide for himself the lamb. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you in particular for this story, um, for this historical narrative that took place hundreds, more than a thousand years before Christ even entered the world. Um, Lord, and how amazing it is that that what you asked Abraham to do, you yourself were willing to do, and you did. And you did it for us. You did it to rescue us. You did it even though we don't deserve it. You offered up your son as a sacrifice for our sins, and we praise you because of that. And we ask that you would move in our hearts and move in our lives, Lord, that we would ask ourselves what what it is that you are asking us to sacrifice for you, and help us to remember the promises that you have given to us so that we can willingly offer up these sacrifices. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to do that, though. So fill us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.